Good evening and welcome back to Beacon, everybody. Uh, Streampunk's live play of the Alien RPG. We are here on episode eight. Uh, you'll notice we are down a doctor tonight because the doctor, physician, heal thyself. Um, the doc has decided to take the night off so that the doc can get better. So we won't have uh, Noir, unfortunately, which is uh, uh, one of my favorite parts of running this game is the, oh, fuck uh commentary that i get from noir all the time and uh, i shall miss it i shall hear it in the back of my head as i continue to try to turn the screw on this whole group here but before we get to that uh, a couple of announcements right off the top um the only announcement that i have tonight uh that's important is gina gina devivo she has a show um she has a show that airs tomorrow it should be back tomorrow i believe it's it's in its next season uh if y'all are interested the time for the show is 5 p.m eastern time so you get a chance, uh, check it out, because it's a pretty charming show. She did a big fundraiser uh, last Tuesday, and it went quite well. Quite, quite well. Um, so uh, if you get a chance, check it out. It is good stuff. If you haven't seen it yet, I highly recommend season one. Um, and uh, I can definitely say that the uh, when Doug came and hung out with Gina, that was the best episode <laughs> by so far. Charming. Those two so bonded sweet. so hard. <laughs> um, yeah, the moment they started talking about both of their loves for smashing zits i was like oh yeah no they're best friends now are you this talking is... about doug jones yeah doug jones doug jones Aww, and gina basically so became best friends they started talking about how much they loved smashing zits together and i was like oh man yeah no this is done they're so besties. doug jones That's met disgusting. gina <laughs> yeah. these sentences are logically <laughs> identical <laughs> yeah uh so that is the only announcement i have for this evening um nothing else pressing Streampunks, of course does have some announcements coming up but we'll uh hold off on those for now um that's all i've got tonight does anybody else have anything that they would like to announce oh fine what caitlin i have things yes. um as always thin places radio uh the kind of call-in supernatural advice show 10 minutes or less bite-sized episodes up on all major platforms i'm also attempting to do TikTok content for it. So if you use TikTok regularly and you want to help boost our numbers and feed the beast that is the algorithm, <laughs> then places radio on TikTok. You can follow us there and interact with the, the funky little videos that I'm learning how to make. <laughs> and then um, if you're also very online, I made a Gontrov. 1973 lasers and feelings hack that i put up today for an itch uh game jam i think it's really fun um it's available for download you can get it for free um uh oh gosh i don't know what my itch thing is but there's links to it on my twitter uh kkamabr and you can find and get a little lasers and feeling game for the greatest mafia movie never made <laughs> i've never played lasers and feelings is it any good it's all right. I've you know I've been I've been having fun playing with it a little bit. You might like it. Okay. Maybe, huh. yeah. Maybe I'll try it sometime. Yeah. Yeah. You should check it out. Uh, we do. Thank you for reminding me. Uh, that is. Uh, I've been announcing it all over socials real quick, but it's just a quick refresher. Uh, I totally forgot uh, to bring this up. I've been so locked into. Uh, how this game session is going to start tonight <laughs> so uh as a quick reminder for anybody who's watching tonight and for folks who are going to be joining us later uh don't forget to exclamation mark demi plane when the break happens we're going to be staging a giveaway the platform that is supporting us and sponsoring us demi plane which we are using tonight for the alien rpg has the alien necklace nexus which is all the alien content and the core books that are going up and are, makes it so easy to use everything is hyperlinked it's really rad uh definitely give it a chance uh, check it out when you can um clicking on our link is one of the ways that you can help support the stream punks it makes us look really good it's how we got that second season sponsorship so keep that up um 
we are going to be doing a giveaway tonight for the Colonial Marines Operations Manual, which just came out this past week. Uh, so it is a whole new core book for alien content that's going live, uh, and it's up right now. So if you want a free, ch if you want a chance to win a free access to this uh, operations manual, stay tuned for the break, and we'll be doing a giveaway code. Um, that was the only other thing that I had. Did anybody else have any stuff? Yeah, Lisa. I doth have. It's coming to the end of the year, and that means that next year, 2023, we are closer and closer to every moment. Which brings us closer and closer to the new clear skies, Perseverance. And we are so close to announcing the cast. I'm going to tease <laughs> that there are many faces here tonight you will see in clear skies, Perseverance. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm being very weird and spooky because I've been watching weird and spooky things. So it's a like, good you match the vibe is correct it's fine thank you yeah sometimes i get into that what was that guy's name i'm stalling because we have a camera issue <laughs> yeah no i mean um, i'm here i'm just trying to get this thing back online it's funny <laughs> yeah, you're like you your we have many faces they're gonna be here in clear skies right when i blank out <laughs> peace <Blank. laughs> we have announced <laughs> one cast member the yeah. biggest cast member i'm excited to announce is elgato elgato yeah everybody give it up <gasps> yeah, we get a cat on board the cat elgato. exactly you're confirmed <laughs> it means the cat so the that cast cast's gonna, gonna cast hold cast. you to it. <laughs> um, yes, yes. Uh, more vamping. Um, yeah. So get ready for Clear Skies Perseverance. Make sure you're following Star Trek. Star Trek. Follow, yeah, follow Star Trek. But also <laughs> follow, follow Star Trek. Follow Streampunk's RPG on Twitter. You know, we'll be there. I guess till the wheels fall off. Um, Instagram. And TikTok. We, we're not active yet on TikTok, but you can follow us there so that when we start posting, you will be the first to know. Uh, any, oh, and also where else? Hive, but Hive is kind of down for a little while yeah. when they fix things. But you can still follow us there. I think you can still follow people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mastodon. And I think those are the ones we're on right now. We will mm -hmm. let you know. Maybe we'll make like a little sheet and we'll, we'll work on things behind the scenes for you all. But El Gato is back. So I'll, I'll let him take over <laughs> again. Yeah, uh, this this seems to happen. It's it's sad because it's giving me everything I want, and then it's like J K L O L, and that's that. So such is the way of El Gato. <laughs> um, Cats are like Elgato. that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do we have any other announcements before we jump into the game this evening? I want stream punks to be run just by like mm -hmm. a cat, like a chonky orange boy in just a full suit though sitting in the leather chair and then and then turning around in that classic boss behind the desk shot and being a lechonk mr impressive mr impressive <laughs> that's, that's sam's announcement that is that was a vital announcement uh, and an update to the status of the stream punks. So we want to thank Sam for taking a moment of all of our time to let us know the, cat. <laughs> the hopes, dreams, and wishes. The big cat. Um, with that, let's go ahead and jump into tonight's episode of Beacon. Thank you. 
Welcome back. Uh, we're going to be jumping back right into this game at a very crucial moment. Um, during the last session for this last chapter here on Paxton's Reach, the crew of the Ilios was in a pretty intense moment. You had all uncovered that there was, in fact, another creature, at least one more, that has already supposedly brought on the death of one of the major players here on Paxton's Reach, the chief engineer of the colony who no body has been found, but I think it's safe to presume that he is dead, considering that you did find a piece of him. Also, the state of his wife was not exactly... didn't exactly induce a sense of enthusiasm about finding him alive. Upon uncovering some more of the mystery inside the administrator's office, you discovered pretty much what has been unfolding here on Paxton's Reach once and for all. Apparently, a UPP ship had been downed. You believed when you all went out there that no one had disturbed it and you were the first ones to reach it. You've discovered since then that the UPP ship had in fact been reached and that there was a shadow player that was involved in the escape of the people that fled that downed vessel. Specifically, it was Kenneth, who you all know is the head of the militia, and the administrator, Ruiz himself. You've also managed to recover the bishop model android who has become a friend of the party and who's been helping as best he can, since his primary objective is for the well-being of the people of Paxton's Reach. You discovered... There was a pathogen that was being stored inside the administrator's office. It has gotten loose. The people within the administrator's office were contained within. They brutally murdered one another. Ruiz, who had been dosed the most heavily with the pathogen, became something different. There were a lot of mysteries that were in play. The creature known as the Pale Man that attacked y'all on the UPP ship. How it escaped what its purpose was, where it came from, the drive that you uncovered that mentions Project Dark Star. And now, seemingly, with this last hurdle cleared, the administrator dead, and just needing to get this pathogen, this vent to ventilate this pathogen so it doesn't affect the colony, y'all are all but done doing what needs to be done to save this place. Until the creature that Ruiz had become showed up and nearly killed y'all, specifically attacking the doctor and engaging you all after taking two full rounds of machine gun fire at short range, it charged the party and threw the dock a good couple of meters down the hall where he impacted on the ground heavily and rolled to a stop. Just as it seemed... Like Tig was going to be the next on the receiving end of this creature, the creature's head was partially destroyed outright from what appeared to be a sniper shot out of nowhere, this mysterious player that you had all encountered. Had been referenced before by eyewitness accounts when y'all had begun to uncover what had really gone on at this crashed UPP vessel that the administrator had been involved, that the Pale Man had been there, and that the only way they were able to escape is this strange sniper that they believed was a UPP operative that was coming to recover the craft. And this, of course, 
explained the wound on the creature you all saw, that deep cratered wound on the back shoulder when you encountered it in the cargo bay. It seemed to correlate all of these things. So it seemed like this UPP sniper had gained access to Paxton's Reach colony undetected and had saved Tig's life. Except it doesn't appear to be what y'all had hoped. When we last left off, Tig, you were staring ahead at a moving distortion in front of you. The air warping for a moment. The blood of Ruiz, what's left of him, is spattered all over the floor. Gore is just splayed out. Like uh, someone just... He was running at me. I'm... <laughs> yes. There's probably... a, there is a not small portion of gore that has spattered all over your leggings and your cargo pants. You are holding this UPP-issued uh, assault rifle that you brought back with you from the downed UPP vessel. You've thrown yourself back against the wall, and as you stare ahead, it's difficult to spot especially now because if you remember only the emergency lights are on right now so this corridor is mostly shadows with a few columns of light shining down and it's just a sheer stroke of luck that in that column the angle that you're standing at you can see the warping distortion effect and the sound that emanates in front of you does not sound human at all it makes no sense tig does not know what she is looking at a few meters behind you though there is the heavy sounds of a synthetic crew member dashing through the ventilation duct to get back to the entrance in time and is as as this has all happened is literally exiting on all fours quickly just spilling out and hitting the deck a few feet down just slamming into the deck while that is I was say, as soon as I have awareness that Isaac is in, I would give I would give them the the quickest like Ruiz Ruiz is down, the doc might need help. I think would just no awareness. Isaac is in, in Isaac is literally in a T junction around a corner and cannot be seen. Oh, okay, so I can't hear them or no. Oh, okay, all so you then never, hear, never mind. Okay, yeah, okay. all you hear is this this strange clicking and this distortion okay, in front cool. of you. The only other person that sees what you see, Tig, is Albright, who made who failed, who rolled a one on a facehugger die and is now going to make a panic roll oh, no. <laughs> when we last left off. Now, uh, I am happy to say that Noir was kind enough to give me Albright's character sheet, so I'm going to be making this roll. I'm going to roll a d6 and add the four points of stress that Albright has accumulated as he's laying here in his stomach. Oh, Remembering that he was attacked by this creature, Albright is pretty rattled. Let's see. Let me check this. Yep. All right. Here we go. I roll a... I roll a one. Okay. Nice. Albright manages to keep it together. He rolls a six or less, so he keeps it together. His breath catches in his throat, and he is stunned. He does not know what his eyes are seeing. He doesn't fully understand what his eyes are seeing. And the logic of the events that have led up to this very moment, you were under attack, and now you're suddenly not, and there's no explanation. There is a stunned sense of confusion that lasts only a few moments as this strange distortion sways in front of you for a moment. Doesn't seem to make any further movements, but it's something, Tig. Before any other events happen, I'd like to know what Tig does. 
She doesn't know what's going on. She just watches. You stare at this thing. Yeah, she kind just of keeps her eyes on it. Mouth slightly agape. Not sure if this is somehow a danger, if this is Ruiz, if this is something you, you know, you have no point of reference. Yeah, exactly. But about that moment, not, tries not to lose sight on it because she can't, she can't quite see it. At about that moment, Isaac, you round the corner and see about a foot behind you is Albright, who's on the ground, uh, laying on his stomach. Uh, looks, he looks to shovel, like his coat is all bound up. You can see Martha, who is staring straight ahead with this confused look on her face, but Martha's pistol is drawn. You can see bullet casings all over the floor, and Martha's pulse rifle has been dropped. It's laying just a, about maybe a foot away from her, so it's easily within reach. But you can see what the first thing that, that you note is the shell casings are not intrinsic to a pulse rifle, which means... Tig has probably been also in a firefight, which is when you spot Tig all the way down the corridor. And at that point, um, I don't even know if there is a point to this, but I'm going to have you make an observation check. And the the penalty is outrageous. <laughs> so I don't even know if you're going to be able to, to do, but uh, the penalty is five, minus five dice. Do you have that? No. Because it's minus three... Minus two more because of the low light. So you won't be able to see what Tig is seeing and what Albright are seeing, but you do see Tig at the very back of the corridor and you see the spattered remains of Ruiz, the administrator. And he looks like he has advanced significantly from when you saw him on the video feeds. When you saw him on the video feeds, he looked humanoid. He looked like a human that was doing terrible things. This, what lays on the ground in front of you, is identifiable by Ruiz only because of the clothes that it wears, that it's mostly torn out of. But it has warped and mutated, and limbs have elongated slightly. Bones have started to protrude from the flesh. And the flesh itself almost has this sort of glossy, almost a wet look to it. And has become almost leather-like, stretched. Not to mention what's left of his head looks like there was a larger portion of skull than there was before. It looks... You, again, it, it, the only way to identify it that it's Ruiz is the fact that it's wearing Ruiz's clothes. And that's it. And that's what you see. You hear coming out of Doc's mouth going, what the... I'll kiss that. Pardon my language. Uh, it's all right. It's down now. Martha, you, you are vaguely aware of Isaac's voice behind you. Bishop is crawling out of the duct right now. To clarify, there's another being here, right? Or no? Uh, Martha, you don't see it. You did not make your, you didn't make your observation check. So you're not aware. You're only aware that something, you caught the image of that, like, energy shot yeah. hitting Ruiz and okay. killing Ruiz after he attacked you guys and was about to attack Tig. Can I toss something as just, like, that Martha might notice as another Marine is that Tig has not dropped, like, well, de right. defensive position. Like, it has not relaxed in any Form. I like might they, say. Can I notice that that Tig has not 
put the rifle down and is still like very rigid. She might yeah. notice that. Honestly, I might say without making a roll, Martha, what you might notice is Tig has not Tig is not looking at the body that just fell in front of her. She is not looking at you guys. She's not acknowledging y'all. She seems fixated on something you cannot see that's in front of her. Yeah. That much is pretty obvious. She's looking up at it and the look on her face and she hasn't let go of the rifle. You can see her knuckles are white from clenching it, but she's not aiming it and she's just clutching and staring straight ahead. And the direction that shot came from, that's where my eye is going as well. And is it basically the direction that Tig is looking? Not exactly, no. The direction the shot came from was actually pretty close to where Ruiz first charged you all. Like, it was around, it was at the T-junction leading down one of the corridors. Okay. It also made a hell of a noise, too. You can still hear it in your ears. It almost sounded like an, like an energy feedback whiplash sort of noise. This whoosh. Okay. But you gonna... do, you have, just, just to clarify, Martha, without having to make a roll, you have heard this noise. Yeah. Emitting from right. down the corridor. I'm gonna... Um, I'm like, I don't want to roll for anything. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I'm moving wait, up actually, to Tig. Am I closer to the dock? Or, or uh, how yes. close am I to the dock? You, you, <clears throat> you and Isaac are both very close to Albright, who is... Uh, who took a point of damage. Which nothing okay. to nothing to sniff at when you only have fifty percent of damage. Yeah, he has two health total. <laughs> well, so he's knowing, he's banged up. Knowing how helpful he can be with stress, I'm going to go over to him and put my just put my hand on his shoulder and say, "Are you all right?" And Martha has a like a panicked, wild look in her eyes, so he would mm-hmm. see that immediately. Uh. Albright looks completely just like as you ask him if he's all right he just like Tig does not take his eyes off of where he's staring and you just hear him say with that thick accent do do, do you see that see what Uh, at this point you see Isaac is moving over to Tig and then there's a quick blur of action you see the world in front of you shift for a moment and it takes you a second to realize that the distortion has gotten bigger like it's expanded for a second you don't know where it begins or it ends but then you're also aware of the concussive pounding sounds of something getting closer to you something heavy and i'm against the wall you go up against the wall and you see i think see i was already dis- i think i was already there the distortion moves a little bit you see it kind of warp as you push yourself up against the wall isaac you're seeing odd behavior and uh, then you see Tig reacting. Tig, something seizes you by your throat. <laughs> and you catch your breath. Something something that vaguely feels like an incredibly large hand. A strange texture that grips you and easily lifts you straight from the floor up against the bulkhead. You all watch as Tig by some invisible force, is lifted off the ground by her neck and held up against the bulkhead. And you're, Tig, you're feeling the weight of your body pulling at your neck as this hand holds you in place, pulls your head aside for a second. 
And at about that okay. point, seeing all of this happen, adding to what the confusion of what you're seeing is when Isaac also becomes vaguely aware of a strange noise emanating from the end of the corridor. Now I see it, Doc. Yeah, everybody is aware that something is there now because Tig is levitating. How far am I from Tig? Uh, I would like to retrieve Tig. You're about 10 (laughs) feet away. And how far am I, or me and the doctor? You and Doc are probably about 15 feet away. Okay. Uh, Well, I'm raising my pistol and aiming at something that's in front of Tig. Okay. You raise your pistol. Uh, You move forward. Out of curiosity, what is your intention, Isaac? Because you're going to get there first. Um, I have... Tig is levitating. All mm-hmm. I can observe is the point of force exerted and the effect on Tig. So I think I want her down. So I think one reaches across the body and brings that shoulder downward um, so to can... try to preserve the neck. So you reach up to grab Tig, basically. Okay. Of course. Okay. So, Martha, the first thing I'm going to tell you is right now, aiming your gun is aiming your gun at Isaac, as well as as well as Tig, who's up against the wall. It's hard to tell where the shot is, but both of them are in your line of sight. Um, right. Yeah, okay. It's... So I'm not on like I'm not perpendicular to them. It's like no, you're by behind. you're pretty much behind them. Yeah. So Got one it. second. Okay. Noted. Um, I'm still going to hold here. my pistol up, uh, but I'm not going to fire just now. This is so cool. I'm so I'm so excited. This is awesome. <laughs> I love lo- knowing nothing. <laughs> oh no! It's the only time I will ever say that. I mean, this isn't a reference to something. I just think that the scene is really cool. <laughs> I'll feel like it's clo- cooler once you're not floating. That's fair. Um. Let's see. Did not know there was levitation in the Alien series. Uh, now there is. Apparently. Oh, it's only plus two. That's fine. Um, okay. So. Two, four, six. Okay. Um, Isaac. Yes. You stride forward and you put your hands around Tig, and once again, you hear this sort of reaction come from the middle of nowhere. Tig, you feel suddenly you're moving a little bit. There's a distortion. As the distortion moves, that's when you see it, Isaac. The world in front of you is warped and moving. And the best way to describe it to Sam is very much like looking at a cloaking device from a bird of prey, except for in humanoid form. It just warps around. There's a sharp movement, and just as you're catching it, something impacts on the side of your head. And you all watch Isaac. Isaac, you're going to take two points of damage. All right, I'll roll my roughneck first. Roll it. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. Um, I soak uh, one of those. Okay, and the second one knocks you back. 
from the stunt just bam clobbers you you watch isaac leave the ground and go sailing about maybe five feet backwards so it's like a good uppercut punch from something incredibly strong strong enough to knock isaac back and down you slam into the floor for a second isaac and you're not disoriented whatsoever you do not suffer any of the maladies that have, that, have, that affect human beings when something like a truck impacts them. But instead, a curious, shocking sensation of having never been hit that hard, but you don't know what hit you. Um, Isaac hits the ground. And as that happens, Tig, you are lowered slowly. And you feel something, this distortion turns back and all of a sudden... You realize pulled, being pulled free from your neck is your dog tags. Oh, she, this is so bad. Her immediate reaction would be to like grab where a wrist would be. Okay, you're holding on to it then. It actually kind of helps you relay some of the pressure on, on your neck. Yeah. Um, but there's no reaction as you grab the wrist, but you see your own hand warping around this thing. As you grab whatever's holding you, it feels like an arm. A thick arm with a strange, a strange surface, almost leathery. You feel metal, some kind of plating. You're not sure what it is, but a mixture of some kind. And about the time you've done that, your dog tags get pulled right off of your neck and held up in front of you. You all see these dog tags just dangling in the air by whatever this is. And they're angled for a second. You see yours and you see Gemma's dangling there. Gemma. Gemma, sorry. Gemma. You see Gemma just dangling there uh, and there's a bit of an angle, like it's angled a little bit. I think, so, okay. It, it, I've been lowered yeah, you're not you're not being held all okay. the way up off the ground anymore. Your feet are like your tiptoes are touching the, okay. the ground now. Okay. Then I think her response is Did you know her? Like trying to get any grasp on who or yeah. what this is. There's just this long pause and you just hear know her. Can I take an action? Sure. Everybody can hear that voice. What would you like to do? Okay, I'm going to pitch you something that's kind of maybe a little bit of a stretch, but this is a stressful situation. Um, I am, I, I now have, gra like, I have an awareness that there is a wrist that seems vaguely humanoid based on the size, the scale, the ability to lift me up. Mm -hmm. I want to see if I can... I don't know, by any force of just knowing humanoid bodies, mm -hmm. gauge where a neck or a throat might be, because it seems like there's armor there's or, or some sort of, like, heavy metal something. Mm -hmm. So I, I want to find, like, I want to try to gauge where a weak point would be, and I want to try to see if I can get those three three needles of naphrolib in his neck. Uh, so you're going to try to... so. If I remember correctly, you dropped those three needles in Napa leaf when mm -hmm. you, so you don't have them ready. We picked everything. We picked up when I went, we, we walked out very carefully. I assume we picked everything up. 
Because I got the gun. It was right over there with the gun. I seem to remember. We made note of where it was, and then we're like, we got, we'll remember, we got, we'll, we got to pick them up. Okay, so then. I did have four, so I mean, there's sure. at the very least. I've got I have a story one. point says you have them on you. That's true. How do we feel about that? Yeah, <laughs> that's that would solve the issue real quick. But here's, I'll take it. Uh, but I will, I will. If you're gonna do that, I will, mm -hmm. um, I will probably do a little bit of finagling here for that's the fine. for the thing. But if you want to have them on you, because. If you're going to have them on you, I have to imagine that they would still be in a protective, they would be stored in a protective way. So, like, the way... Yeah, she has her little, like, hair kit at, like, her hip kind of a thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then in that case, you're going to need to use both hands to go down and mm -hmm. as a slow action, start pulling that all out. Okay. So, as that is happening, you are lowered back onto the deck. And the weight, the pressure starts coming off of you. And the hand releases slowly from your neck. Just as you're getting the med kit out, you just unfasten it and start pulling out the vials. The distortion moves away, but it's still holding your dog tags. And then again, you hear this bizarre voice, this deep, bizarre voice just utter something. Sokolov. Does that, does that, a word that means anything to any of us? Uh, you hear it? You're, a, a name of a thing, or? You're not sure, unless yeah. you've got, unless an idea pops to your head. So at about this point, because it's been a few moments, Isaac, I'm guessing you by this point, would you say it's accurate you've picked yourself up off the floor or were you doing something different? What were you doing during this moment? Yes, I would like to get back up. It still concerns me that Tig is not up or rather that she's too up. Okay. Uh, what are you doing, Martha? I am just... Uh, watching and waiting. I still have my pistol kind of at the ready. Martha's very dazed and not sure what's going on. Okay, very important question. Are you aiming your pistol? Um, I did say before that I was. Well, but you didn't have a shot, so are you still aiming your pistol? Or is it lowered? It's kind of like... Um... I think when it lowers her, whatever this thing is, mm -hmm. and the dog tags start to move away, I would follow the dog tags. Okay, so you so, are still aiming your weapon then? Yeah. I okay. Would, but I would follow where the dog tags are. If it, Especially if it moved, you said it moved away from her? It's still right in front of her, but it has set her back down again. And it, the, whatever this is, is holding her dog tags right now. Are the dog tags... In also in the line of sight, or are they to the side? No, they're in the line of sight. It's like being held. It's actually you can. Uh, they're kind of being held in front of. From your oh. vantage point, they're kind of being held in front of Tig. Then never mind. I thought they had moved away. So yeah. no, I would. No, I'm gonna hold. 
uh, hold my pistol and pull it down, but still kind of have it at the ready. Okay. Not be aiming it at, okay. at them. Uh, I right. think I also would have crept a tiny bit closer just to try to hear what the conversation is now. Now that I'm understanding, like, there's a thing that we can't see and it's talking to Tig. Yeah, it seems to be talking to Tig. All right, so that's what you're doing. About this point, Bishop shows up and is helping the dock up off the ground. And at the end of the hall, emerging from the colony's staging area where all the people are located comes Kenneth and the militia. They've all come out because they've heard rat, they've heard gunfire. So multiple people emerging at the end of the corridor with weapons start coming out with guns at the ready. What are you doing, Isaac? I'm moving back over to Tig. I've now heard a voice in a spoken human language mm -hmm. um, and I have just uh, observed beings that were in some sense a human and then weren't mm -hmm. I don't know that it is within my capacity to harm such a being without confirming their non-human status, but I can absolutely secure Tig. So, um, I get knocked down, I get up again, and I try the exact same thing again. Okay. We're in a while loop here. I think I've been set down completely, right? Yeah, you're, so then it's you've been let go. To physically grab and to move away from a source of sound. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think Tig resists a little bit. Okay. I think, like, you kind of start to pull her, and she's, like, still, like, not fully reacting. I think she's gone, like, full tunnel vision on whatever this is. That's extremely reasonable. Is that a name? Running down the corridor as you're asking this, the heavy footsteps of Kenneth and about six other people with guns. What the fuck is going on over here? And they come charging down there a few moments away from arriving. You can see a sudden jerked movement from this thing in front of you. Don't and go, your go, dog go. tags just fall to the, to the grating. Oh, shit. They, wait, the dog tags fall? Yeah, they just hit the deck. Like it let go. Just, they fall into a pile. Okay, um... Tig just shouts down the hallway. Uh, Kenneth, hold the advance. You scream, Kenneth, hold the advance! I need you to, oh, if you have a leadership role or a manipulation check to make here. Not even fancy. Let's see. But you I have do, base I, fancy. I do have four stress dice, so. Oh, nice. <laughs> Which is very exciting. The adrenaline and fear kicking mm -hmm. in. By the way, it, it, about that moment when you're glancing down the hall and shout this, you see mm -hmm. that among the militia who's following and who is just as concerned about the life of their crew is mm -hmm. Jackson. You see his, he is among them that is approaching and his uh, magnum is drawn. One success, no panic. <laughs> uh, okay. He starts coming to a stop. He slows down a little bit. 
you don't know if Kenneth can see what the hell is going on in front of you, but it, the, the scene is confusing. But you hear Jackson say, what the fuck? And there is a tense moment where it's uncertain what happens next. There is a corridor filled with people with guns who are confused. And <laughs> Caitlin is reacting to that. Um, there is there is a corridor. Well, you, so it's it's tricky because you can see the distortion, but you don't know what it's doing, what it's planning, how it's reacting. That's impossible. You can mm-hmm. only see the outline of this thing. Yeah, so no it's, idea what's going on. Yeah, so it's hard. So poor Tig has no idea how this creature is reacting to the sudden influx of armed people coming into the corridor. She just wants everyone to chill out because this this whatever this is said something to her Mm -hmm. and very pointedly looked at her dog tags so like she's like everybody chill the fuck out while i get some answers and then we can deal with this okay (laughs) that's kind of the energy she has right now (laughs) so we are at a we are at a tension tipping point right now where you need to really the the way this is going to play out is really going to be determined by what happens next yeah and the decisions that get made. You're holding those syringes. Uh, you, you've got a, a moment of breather. Like, what would you like? Do you still want to follow through on that? Did you want to try to talk this through? Did you, what would you, what would the three of you like to do right now? As far as Tig, she's been set down inside that has, and, and spoken to, and that has changed her direction. And there's also um, the corpse of Ruiz on the floor scattered all over the place. Yep. Uh, yeah, no, I think it, the the syringes was a, she was being um, attacked and pinned against a wall. Uh, Isaac got attacked and her dog tags got taken and she had a, like, I'm going to defend myself here, but she got mm-hmm. set down and spoken to and that I think that has changed the course. Mm-hmm. So that, I don't know if the other two have actions they'd want to take. Well, but so that's, Isaac I is pa- trying to... Tig is paused. Yeah. Isaac is trying to pull you away. You said mm-hmm. you were resisting. Isaac... Isaac has a magnitude of higher strength than you. Oh, yeah. And if wants to body cover you or pull you away. They can if they want. <laughs> it's going to be just sort of like Isaac deciding to do that. And it happens mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm happy to split the difference such that I'm going to move you away a bit, but you are halting the advance and therefore there's a certain implication of hold position. As long as I am the meat of this sandwich, this may continue. Um, So if you want to look over shoulder and and continue engaging, as long as I'm in a bodyguarded position, I think I am, I have fulfilled my obligation. Okay. You You pull her and she does like hard resist for a second. In order to like, she does not break eye contact. Eye contact with whatever she's looking at, and she reaches down and grabs the, the tags off the ground if they were close enough to her. Yeah. And then she'll let you push her back a few steps, and then we'll kind of just she, right now is just gonna kind of like hold them up as like, hey, you were looking at this, like, hey, what? You just hear as and you hold them up, a... and you're being pulled away. You just hear, Dark Star. At that point, the militia that has shown up, none of them have seen this, but you can see a sudden movement from what you presume is the head of this thing. As it turns and looks, this distortion kind of pivots a little bit. And again, even with the, the, the darkened shafts of light that are shining through here from the emergency lights makes it kind of, un, uh, it's hard to tell which direction it's facing. Mm-hmm. But you, 
you think you might know because a few moments later you just see these strange three lines of laser just immediately appear in the air and appear on the forehead of Kenneth. Okay, so clearly it's looked away. Hey, look at me. Hey, we were having a conversation. Yeah. Pay attention to me. Come here. She's this creature immediately begins Damn to it. move a little bit to the left. You see, Kenneth doesn't have any clue that there are three red dots on his forehead. And he goes, what the hell is that noise? I don't know. They, they've stopped moving forward though, right? Yeah, they're not moving at all right now. Okay. It looks like the distortion is just holding in place for the moment. But nothing has happened. What do you know about Darkstar? That actually might get its attention. You can see the distortion shift for a moment. And then again, you hear... Sokolov. A name. Yeah? Martha? Was that name in any of the files? Did I... Do I recognize that name from the files? I mean, you really only had a chance to sort of glance through them. But you can certainly control F and search for, uh, search for any like I did a, terms. I thought, I thought I did that first glance and then a deeper. Yeah, we had a second look through. Oh, yeah. that's right, you did. Mm -hmm. That's right, you did. Um, in which case, yes, you would, you would, it would take you a moment, Martha, because you looked. That's right, because you specifically said you looked through them, and I remember this now. So yes, Martha, in that case. It's it's hard to tell because the voice of this creature is so deep. It's so resonant. It sounds like it's trying to mimic human speech, whatever this thing is. And at first, you think it's using some kind of alien dialect or whatever it is to speak. When you realize Sokolov is a Russian surname, and then it clicks. Sokolov. General Mitya Sokolov. Sokolov. His name Sokolov. was on the file for Project Darkstar that you have. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know that name. I know. I pull out my um, device okay. and I'll start pulling up the file. Um, is there a, like a picture of that person on their record? Uh, yes, it's one of the files. It's mostly uh, so like a video file that's been like heavily distorted. But yes. Oh, I'd like to watch the video file you look it down at it and press the button it's kind of warped and distorted but you see a gentleman who with uh mostly a bald head in what looks like a black uniform it doesn't have any rank on it from what you can tell and they're saying something but you cannot make it out it's just heavily distorted are they speaking to the camera or yeah, it's it almost like, like you've it's almost like you're watching a recorded Zoom chat that's been completely warped. Think of it like that. Okay. Uh th the scene around you continues to play out though as Kenneth and the rest of them including Jackson who jogs up to you Martha and goes, "What's going on? What the hell is going on?" There's a, the uh someone there and I point to the to the distortion. He's going to roll. <laughs> we're trying See if he can spot it. He's at negative. Okay, so and because okay so yeah no 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 that's less dice okay here we go he rolls a five and a six he goes what are you to holy fuck what the fuck is that what the f 
Um, <laughs> you just hear, What the fuck is that? Is what? What is it referring to? It just repeated what? Oh. <laughs> I was like, what this? Said. <laughs> I mean, yeah. My device? That too. Um, yeah. He, yeah, I actually will now yeah. show the thing. I don't know if he, it's even looking towards us. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to show it that video and just kind of press play again and let it look, take a look. So we cool. found this on a ship. A ship out, you know, out in the desert. Not desert. Away from the camp. As you, you know who this is? As you approach this thing, you're going to gain an immediate point of stress as you walk up hey, to hey, it. Hey, 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 hold on. I did not say I was approaching it. Yeah, no, she just turned You said you were handing it to him, didn't you? <laughs> no, turning, no, 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 no. I'm showing it. I'm just turning it towards it, the screen oh. towards it, so we can okay. see. You hold I'm it up. I'm not getting close to this Okay, thing. good call. I said I pointed, but that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you hold this thing up. Everyone's watching rap. Kenneth has no idea what the fuck y'all are talking about. Jackson is just like, what the fuck? is that what is that just over and over in his uh you hold this up and you cannot tell martha what's happening you don't know if there is a response you don't know if it sees it you you just have no idea what you're looking at you just see the distortion begin to shift it seems to be ignoring the fact that isaac has now successfully pulled tig away from it and it has not moved to stop them however that red those three red red lasers that are emitting from somewhere on its body are still shining over on kenneth and have not moved hmm. it does not take a empathy check for the two marines to know what a laser sight looks like it looks like some kind of weapon <laughs> it has not been fired but it's in a killing position right now so there you can only imagine so it, it you and you and Tig are probably the only ones at the moment that are aware that this is a high noon situation. If somebody makes a wrong move, this could become a bloodbath. But as you continue to hold it up, you just see it shift a little bit. Sokolov. So as you point and say that, there's a reaction from the, the distortion. And it takes a couple of steps forward. And as that happens, I'm going to roll for perception on Kenneth to see if he spots it. And he still doesn't see it. However, this thing weighs about 500 pounds as it walks. You can hear it as it steps. What's up? What do you... Nope. Uh, are, are, the, are the lights still on him as he starts moving? Uh, the lights are just shining down. And he does pass through a few corners of it as it moves. Um, you want to the the lasers, I mean. Oh, the lasers. You can you can see. Oh, you know what? That's a good point. The lasers are going to give him away, so he's going to get a bonus die on that roll. One sec. That's going to make him. Yeah. Okay. Kenneth sees it. <laughs> um, um, you'll be able to see it too, Isaac. Well, probably not because I'm the sandwich. I'm looking back over Tig's shoulder, so I would see the would see lights on dots. Kenneth. Yeah. Um and. So those are what I'm looking at, whether they're moving, because I realized long ago I couldn't run to and tackle Kenneth, but I could, if need be, try to... I'm trying to use the sound to infer the angle where you would need to jump to to catch the shot instead of Kenneth. Okay, it's not difficult. This thing, when it moves, it, if it was stealthy before, it's making no attempt to be so now. But it strides up to Martha. It's going to approach Martha as Martha is holding up the data pad. 
Do the lights drop on Kenneth? Uh, no. Okay. It stays where it is. Kenneth, who has seen it, his eyes... Actually, Kenneth needs to make it. Kenneth looks like he's about to panic. Um, Kenneth head. looks like he might be about to do something stupid, except for that I'm taking into account that Tig successfully told him to hold off. But there might be a reroll here soon, because now that he sees this distortion okay. moving, he's heard the voice. The blood is drained out of his face, and you can all see the telltale signs of someone who is about to do something stupid. Mm -hmm. uh, Martha, as it... Did, I mean, she hears the steps. She now sees this thing. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing she can tell it's approaching her. Yes, it's so, grown much uh, larger. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'd like to just gently step back kind of like okay just probably till my back is against something <laughs> uh that would be isaac you kind of push back uh, isaac's <laughs> holding on to tig you guys kind of like the three of you kind of bump into each other you see the distortion reach out and it takes what you're holding and pulls it from your hand unless you try to resist absolutely not okay, take just, just take it you just let it go and you see it just stares at this from what you can imagine you see this head-like object tilt a little bit, yet the laser still remains. There is just a silence as this thing regards, and then a reaction as it looks at this data pad. And then after a moment, it just says, Sokolov, Dark Star. We're looking for them too. Can we, can we help you? Can we work together? You cannot tell if it understands what you're saying as this distortion moves a little bit left and right. But at this range, Martha, you become aware that whatever this is stands at least seven feet. And it just towers up and it has a wide frame, whatever it is. It definitely is humanoid. You can make out the distortion of legs and arms moving from time to time. And now I'm going to make a Kenneth roll. Oh, he's going to do something. And see if he does something stupid. Because every time this thing talks, Kenneth's calm is severely damaged. Um, oh, okay. Kenneth is just frozen right now. And all of the guys behind him also don't move. They just stare in shock. And a few moments pass when the distortion begins to shift in front of you. Uh, everybody, if you could please make observation checks at minus two. Oh, no, it would be minus three because of the low light. Observation, minus three. So, okay. Minus three. More stress dice than actual dice. Me <laughs> too. Okay, I'm okay. One I'm success, stressed. no panic. <laughs> yeah, one success, no panic here, too. Okay. The distortion shifts, and you see, you, you instantly become, now having seen this thing move a little bit, you become aware that it moves away from all of you suddenly. And the laser goes right off of Kenneth's head, just vanishes. And it, you see it moving. It almost looks like it moves like it's underwater, the way its body just kind of shifts this huge weight back and forth. It's moving away from all of us? All of you, in the direction of the large double doors at the end of the corridor. 
that lead out to the airlock. Okay. Do something stupid. <laughs> uh, she's Tig's just gonna turn. At, where are you going? You call out to it, and you see something is happening as it reaches the double doors, but it doesn't seem to react to you, Tig. Those are the two outside. Yeah. All of you, particularly you, Isaac, become aware of the sounds of a hissing noise coming from the door a few moments later. We got to get out of here. We got to, everybody's got to put masks on. We got to get out of here. Yeah. About that point, Albright goes, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Everybody move out, move out. Respirators, if you've got them, let's go. Everybody starts piling back. A few moments later, there's the hissing noises, the decompression of the airlock being opened. And this thing with its bare hands... You watch it move, the distortion. It's the first and last time you get a full body look at this thing as it just pushes open both doors, remembering that it took Isaac and Bishop working together to slowly push that thing over. It does this at the same speed by itself. You see it push these two large doors aside. And as it does, in the briefest of seconds, you notice that on the outside, remember the the exterior doors were not fully closed they couldn't be fully closed as it pushes it open and the gas starts to flood into the the corridor you see a brief flash of lightning from the storm outside and it catches the full body image of this this distortion standing in sort of like the samsonite like position of pushing these two doors aside before uh, it moves quickly and shoves open the outer airlock doors and just pushes that side and runs out into the storm. Now you have an environmental hazard. As this happens, this air just comes rushing in. <sighs> Hair starts whipping around as toxic fumes begin to flood the interior of the colony. Did anybody start moving when we when we shouted that the doors were about to open? Yeah, Bishop <laughs> goes charging right past you guys at full sprint with Isaac right on his heels. And the two of them dash up to the doors. Um, so Isaac, make me a strength check. Stanima? Uh, yeah. Lovely, thank you. You are, let's see, three. Bishop has got, Bishop is not as strong as the Isaac model, but does have something to offer. Oh my goodness. Oh my. How many did you roll? Four. I rolled two. It's all of the observation checks into one <laughs> stamina roll that I didn't need to be that overwhelmingly successful on. I don't know what the others, um, half the time for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, half the time sounds like a good one. I never need to worry about this again. Um, and for my third one, be impressed by me. Thank you very much. Okay, so you and Bishop both. Uh, Bishop is going to spend his to do it in half the time. So the two of you just <laughs> close it. I'm going to roll a d6. Uh, okay, easy enough. Arbitrary roll. A uh, few people are running back. It's not going to be enough to be a lethal dose. It is going to cause some coughing and choking in the back of the colony from people who were just in no way prepared to get a dose of that. Uh, the air scrubbers need to come back online as quickly as possible at this point. Um, but you you managed to get both exterior chambers closed. Um, however, it is worth noting that the seal is artificial. You guys just squeeze the doors close enough. Can I slip to the outside yeah. as we're doing that and, and close from the outside? 
Bishop because... calls out to you in the roar of the storm. What are you doing? We have to get the power back on. Do you need help? Yes. Should I follow you then? Yes. <laughs> Bishop looks back, his hair whipping around, and screams back down the corridor. We'll be right back. And closes the doors. Um, as you pivot and turn and look, it's cloaking device is no longer on as it retreats. And for the briefest of moments, Isaac, you catch a creature that stands at about seven and a half feet tall, bounding over what looks like a crate, like a, a stack of crates that the Ilios had in front of it. With, with a single leap, it clears an eight foot crate stack and takes to the top and climbs up to the top of the colony where you see something has landed up there. It looks like there is some kind of vessel that has landed on top of the colony building. Um, it takes a brief moment to look back at you. You see what, as humans, we inaccurately describe as just a spray of thick dreadlocks, just flat, like thrown to its side as it throws its head back and looks at you through this mask. The creature has this dark yellowish greenish tint to its skin and almost like spotted leopard like patterning up and down its arms and back lowered part of its spine it has a few sets of armor on from what you can tell it's got patchwork of armor big thick feet with these thick claws that emerge off the side long almost elegant looking fingers black and talons arcing off the side of it uh Looks like it has noticeably some kind of cannon device up on its left shoulder and a spear that looks like it's been attached to its back that's been retracted. A few other things that you might notice is weaponry, but hard to identify how they're used. Um, but what you definitely notice is around its belt are what look like bones from various life forms that you can't really pinpoint what they are but they're not identifiable, but they don't look immediately identifiable to you. The taxonomy is just completely lost as you, as you see them. Nothing, they look like smaller skulls and a couple of bones that are just dangling off of the belt. The creature is wearing what you assume to be some kind of metal helmet. It looks quite simple, except for what looks like painted stripes across the upper left part two red stripes and some scarring but what's noticeable is much like that the, the thing that stands out to you the most is much like the damage that was described on the deck plates of the upp vessel from burns of high concentrated acid the left part of this face mask looked like it's been doused in it and is partially just warped and burned it looks at you just for a moment before it pulls it just like there's a flash in its eyes as it looks at you before it pulls itself up and vanishes into what you assume is this vessel bishop also has stopped and is staring beautiful bishop can't hear you amongst the roar but he does glance at you probably to double check and make sure that you're seeing what he is seeing and then glances back up as you see a spark of these <laughs> there's a thunderous roar as this mixing with the thunder the ship begins to take off 
and then it mutes just and there's just this loud pulse of like humming sound and you were all vaguely aware that a ship is leaving but you don't see it anymore a black cloud of soot covers all of you for a moment and then when it's cleared you see nothing on top of the colony Bishop just looks at you, unable to really speak to you amongst the roar of the storm. He is holding on to something to keep him from being blown away, but he just gives you this look. The two of you single, you move around the side of the colony. I'm going to need you to make another stamina strength check. You are fighting the blast of the wind. The two of you helping each other take step by step as you push through this this hurricane that's blown over the colony of Paxton's Reach. Oh, did it finally happen? No. Literally five successes. What? Literally five. Every observation role is just like pouring itself back. And it, um, Eric. <laughs> well, Bishop doesn't have too much problem either. The two of you managed to push through. Uh, the sand that is blasting through here and the the upkick of, of this storm that's raging across, you imagine that this must be getting close to nearly a category two hurricane force winds so the two of you are having to grab hold of things as you carefully pull pull yourself along a few moments bishop starts to leave the ground but he manages to hook his arm around and grabbing hold of your hand you two manage to keep each other on the ground when you get to the side of the building you can see that the generator is actually uh clearly marked despite the blast of dust and and wind that are roaring around you you can see it right in front of you it's about uh maybe about 30 feet Long, it looks like a giant cylinder that is being protected inside of an external casing. Towers up about maybe about 15 and a half to 20 feet, perhaps. But it does have an exterior control panel that has what looks like a casing cover over the top of it. And two of you are going to go to work. Make a heavy machinery check and gain plus one die as Bishop is assisting. One success. Okay. So the two of you are going to work. It's going to take you a whole shift working back here to get the generator up online. So the next two and a half hours, three hours, is going to be Isaac and Bishop in the storm taking on the elements and getting hammered by the wind as y'all are trying to get this generator up and going. Back inside, everyone is putting on emergency face masks right now as alarms are starting to go off that the interior of Paxton's Reach has been contaminated, that the air quality has dropped uh, to about 30% and is unsafe to breathe. You can hear an automated message from Mother just repeating again, warning, environmental integrity is compromised. Please proceed to the nearest station and don your face masks and await further instruction. Warning. Environmental integrity has been compromised. Just le- looping over and over as lights begin to flash. And after he gets his mask secure, Jackson just goes, I can't wait till we get off this fucking world as he's putting it on, securing it. 
and you hear Albright with his anxiety just go, language. <laughs> um, we need our doctor. Um, so take patient one. I'm gonna. I want to make sure. I'm gonna check out Albright and uh, try to get him that point back. Albright probably. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead and uh, check Albright as you're all getting settled. Because I'm like we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of people freaking out and uh, in bad possibly in bad form we're gonna be checking need to be checking people's like respiration and stuff and I, but t we need we need both doctors in mm -hmm. tip top shape okay my god this is so many dice hold on one two three four five six seven eight <laughs> did you just kill i right what happened four successes oh okay you're like, whoops, and put all three of the syringes in his head. Yes, yeah, yeah. No, um, but... Okay, so... If I had used a point, I also rolled, like, four or five, so... <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> Albright... Point, but... uh, thankfully, it looks like Albright was very lucky. Uh, he probably has some bruised ribs, judging from, like, the tenderness that he feels as you mm -hmm. just give him a quick inspection. And he... What, what's also kind of obnoxious is he starts diagnosing himself as you're, oh, yeah. like... Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, yep, that's going to be a bruise. Uh, yeah. and it, mm -hmm. Don't seem to be concussed. Um, just kind of the two of you. She says, she says, no, I'll be the, I'll be the judge of that. And she pulls out a little pen. Like, <laughs> yeah. He, That's my job right now. You're the patient. He submits. I would also like to remove a point of stress from him. If I can use this moment of calm to use a uh, banter. Actually. Yeah. Him. If you want to do that. And he is going to also talk to you and Martha and try to remove a point of stress as well. Using calming presence. Cool. Um, and I believe Martha can also take my, take a, a, a banter from me as well. Oh, perfect. Okay. okay. Anyone, so. anyone friendly in the area can, can, uh, Oh, sweet. Oh, that's perfect, Thank man. You. I honestly, I, I love again, and this is, yes, I know we're sponsored, but I love the colonial Marines and the, really the talents that they gave were just so very flavorful and perfect for alien. The banter talent to get rid of stress is just perfect. Okay. So calming presence. Your stress level and the stress level of everyone in short range of you drops two steps. Oh, two steps instead of one for every turn spent in the safe space. So everybody can drop two if they'd like. Well, okay. actually, it's going to take an entire shift before the repairs are done. So you could technically remove everyone's stress yeah. over the next course by just, let's see. Uh, people find like. themselves. <laughs> but, yeah. Once per turn, you may reduce the stress level of another character within short range by one in addition to the normal stress recovery. Right. Okay to use that talent okay cool so i'm gonna just he just gets to do it mm -hmm. all right so between tig and the doc martha you're finally feeling it's it's um it's not it's not the body exhaustion of coming off of a panic attack it's the 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 sort of like shaky fatigue of coming off of an adrenaline high so it's not as bad but it's 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 the same that you felt when you were in combat that same feeling of like, oh, it's done now. Holy shit, it's done now. Like uh, that kind of coming over you and clutching your hand, you see the general's face slightly warped and distorted in front of you. Whatever that thing was, it seemed to know who that was. Yeah. And did, it, it, did it drop the pad? Yeah, it did not. It did not take the pad with it. Okay, then I yeah. pick it back up. And how many stress do I reduce? Um, I'm going to assume, because right now, we have entered a period of calm where everyone I rolled to see there are going to be four people who've, who are going to get sick, which is astonishing considering <laughs> there are there are about 312 colonists. But um, 
about four people are going to get sick and require bed rest and are going to need yeah, Martha warning probably helped save a lot of people yes mother warning everybody mother. yeah yeah <laughs> mother. well let's be honest the Martha warning too yeah yeah um all right so what we can do now here is things start to settle Kenneth is so utterly rattled by this and is moved away and is having conversations with a few of the members of the militia. What's starting to settle in on people, at least the militia members who are aware of it, is that Ruiz is dead. Everybody in the administration office is dead. But it seems like Kenneth is probably trying to process everything that he's just become aware of happening, the thing that he saw, the body on the ground, the whole bit. And he's not handling it very well. That much seems to be pretty obvious. Albright has a few conversations with him, but you can see his, his gun is always lowered and his hands are shaking as he's having conversations with Albright. At this point, he looks completely malleable. All that bluster is gone and he's just nodding and listening to Albright speak to him. The people of Paxton's Reach look absolutely miserable as now their space has gotten even smaller. Confined to this cargo space until the colony is up and running again, they've had to don face masks now and are having to fear the very air around them. Their world shrinks just a little bit more. But that only lasts about three hours when all of a sudden, in the middle of conversations and people crying, you can all hear this down corridors and and the emergency lights flicker off as the main corridor lights, overhead lights, colony lights all begin to flicker to life. And you can all hear mother repeating, power restored, 85%. The air scrubbers immediately start to spin up. And Paxton's reach, after spending days on life support, in a few hours, receiving some CPR, finally comes back to life as air begins to flood in. And after a few moments, you see the indicators that the air is becoming safer and safer to breathe. As environmental systems begin to disinfect, destroy, and push out all the poisonous air that is in the building. Just... As this comes up online, you guys close the packet outside and Bishop gives you the thumbs up over the roar and the two of you will need to make a strength stamina roll to pull yourselves back inside. Alright, I had those five earlier so um, mm -hmm. one of those goes to stunting. Okay. Um, so that I have, what is it, a bonus on doing tasks of this nature? Oh, the, he's going to need it. I don't it. have to worry about it next time. He's going to need it. Okay, cool. Uh, so Bishop, at one point, as y'all are rounding the building, a gust literally takes his legs out from underneath him, and as he hits the ground on his back, you just see him react kind of surprised as the wind begins to drag him away, and he goes sliding across the gravel, and you quickly reach your hand out with that success, and you manage to snatch his hand, and the two, he looks up at you as he slowly starts to pull himself back up. Um... You can see his left eye looks like it's been damaged. Something probably flew into it, but he's just kind of holding it partially closed. It's not really affecting him as he pulls himself back up. And the two of you managed to make your way over, and both of you 
see that when you reach the airlock door, the outer console is lit up with the access code panel and everything. And Bishop immediately reaches down and taps in the code and access is granted and opens in front of you as this yellow light begins to flash, indicating that the airlock door is open. The two of you stepping inside, he enters the access code again and there's this hissing noise as the airlock decompresses. All the air is replaced inside and you see a green light flicker and the colony is lit up. As soon as you enter in, the administrator doors offices are, yeah. Um, you see the lit up corridor in front of you and you see, uh, down this corridor as well, the gore still from Ruiz's body spattered all over the floor and the administrator's office is open as well. Those doors have now activated and opened. Are, Are we all back together now? You can be at this point. At this point, Paxton's reach is alive again. Um, to my my team, my my crew members, co-crew members, uh, I would just kind of huddle us all together and say, "Okay, so we have to. I think we have to help them to come to a decision. The, these colonists of what they want to do with this place, yeah. because." The way things were before, when Ruiz was in charge, I would have had to report to my higher-ups in the Marines. I couldn't let that just stand as it was, and I was very close to doing it. Of course, I would have talked to you, Captain, first before doing that. But Ruiz is out of the picture now, so I think... I mean, they still we still probably should report this to Beacon, but if... I'm not sure what, what should we do next. I mean... Do we let the colony stay? Do they want to stay? Do we let people stay who want to? Do we evacuate everyone? What are you all you all thinking? Get out whoever wants out. See if we can organize transports. I don't I doubt Elios can take three hundred people. That's right. does not seem reasonable. <laughs> you could fit the you the could Marines fit a lot of people into the cargo. You certainly could fit enough of them into the cargo thing, but none but, of them are going to be able to enter hypersleep. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if we can. I don't know. I don't know what resources can Beacon has. Evacuate. It might be. Yeah, it might be a Marines thing. Do we, do we check in with Beacon first before we make that call? Probably. Maybe it would be a good sign of uh, uh, a goodwill to the director yeah. who seems to have it out for us. Uh huh. Yeah. Maybe that call should come from the captain. I think, we, yeah, I think Martha Dick just about turned and looked at Reggie. Oh. <laughs> we'll need to get a full forensic copy of the data from this base's mother. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, have, um... Go ahead, Dick. Oh, so we have full access now. Yeah. And the mine situation? Oh, God. Those people should be properly buried. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that evidence as to Ruiz's treachery. We need to report that all, too. Sounds like we have a lot of um, paperwork, paperwork. Or someone does. <laughs> if not us, someone has a lot of reports to do. Before we figure out to whom things get 
reported, and when I do think it would be a really good idea if you took a look at that data. Martha. Okay. Yeah. Happy to. Isaac's going to move over to the administrator's office. You move back into the administrator's office, and it, it is probably best that the other colonists do not come into this room until it has been cleaned as the viscera violence and gore that is spattered everywhere which is the word to describe it a few of these bodies are recognizable and a few of them look like abstract art and as you move into the space Isaac it looks like all of the console units save for a few towards the front that look like they've been physically damaged somehow, perhaps by that fight that you saw in the footage. But it looks like everything is operational, including the sensor array and the communications array. Which... How is the air? Is it still bad for organics? I didn't even think. That no, was no. As you move in here, you actually see that the air has been purified by the now functioning air scrubbers. Uh, the air has been cycled out through here. I'm following Isaac into this room. Okay. So this will be your first time stepping into the room. Yeah. Um, So even though you've rid yourself of all of it up till now, you are going to gain a point of stress the moment you step (laughs) into this room because it is just, it is, it it is like Friday the 13th in here. It is terrible. Oh, that's nasty. Okay. I'm guessing I shouldn't touch anything because the air is clean, but. All this, all this stuff is probably infectious. Okay, yes. where's the... Um, I want to show the mother unit and particularly the order that was on mother that Bishop and I saw. Okay, to do that, Bishop has to access it. But yeah. Bishop, Bishop, come over here, please. Yeah, Bishop moves into the room and he, you see, he, he looks kind of like he's about to break bad news. <laughs> but um, as he moves in here, he says, I want to stress that this order was probably some kind of protocol given by the company. I don't believe mother is capable of actually malicious action here. I think this was something else. And I concur. Yeah, you see this special order prop up on the screen. Priority one. Ensure return of an organism for analysis. All other considerations secondary. Crew expendable. Holy shit. Who is this from? It looks like it's a general order from Waylon Yutani. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to plug in my SSID. Okay. And take as much data as I can, especially a full copy of this order. Uh, okay, one second. 
Is it called SSID? I might have said the wrong thing. I meant uh, it might my, be. Um, that might be it. Okay. I meant the data pad, basically. Mm -hmm. Yep. I know what you meant. No worries. Okay. I put SS SSDD tricorder in parentheses on my character sheet. Perfect. Okay. So you are going to be making a contested roll against Mother. Oh, okay. Okay. We have mother. story points. Oh, I definitely want to take a story point. I Thank you, by the way, Leo Ambermain, for that first story point that Thank was super you. useful. Um, we yes. didn't end up needing to use it, but... It's always good to have. Um, all right, so this one's coming from Duran452. Thank you. If I'm going to do the bad idea, I might as well supercharge it, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right, it's a roll-off. Uh, so ComTech? Yeah, it's a ComTech check. And then I'm adding my 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 tools or, well, tricorder this time. <laughs> Your tricorder. And then I get a plus one ComTech on Mother System. Oh, perfect. Yeah, your familiarity with the system itself? Yeah. I don't right. remember where that's from, but it's on my sheet. All right, go ahead and roll. Comtech. Okay. So, one, two, four, six, eight, plus three, plus only one stress die. How nice. Oh, and I took a story point. So one, two, uh, no stress, three, three success. Okay. This is a Mother 7000. You are hacking a $5 million computer. <laughs> she is an advanced AI, certainly more advanced than what you have on Elios. And she has a Comtech score of seven and you beat her. Okay. No, no offense, Mother. I really respect you. You, know. you essentially jump the code. You gain access. Using uh, Bishop is also to give you some pointers. What exactly are you trying to pull from this? Definitely that special order. I want, like, basically just, like, copying the files onto my data pad. Data pad? Okay. Yeah. So some pretty fascinating things get copied onto your data pad that were not previously known to the party. Oh. So before sensors went down, they actually detected the entry of the UPP vessel entering the atmosphere and according to the sensors logs it was being chased by something and was shot oh. down okay there is no log as to what was chasing it or shot it down but isaac and bishop probably have an idea <laughs> um so it looks like from what you can tell from personal logs that you now have access to, Ruiz uh, was reaching out. You can see you can see messaging logs where Ruiz was constantly reaching out to Waylon Yutani for instruction. There's also then, some okay. there's also some other employee logs in there that are questioning Ruiz's decision to reach out to Waylon Yutani and not immediately contact colonial marines about a downed upp vessel in the frontier because this is shortly after supposedly is shortly after the frontier war so it's not claimed territory but this is a company planet so if there was combat going on you would think the first thing to do would check in but ruiz apparently checked in with home office first um home office you can see it's the the messages are not signed to anybody 
but the messages that come back from home office of Wayland yutani whichever home office that might be, orders Ruiz to investigate and informs him that, that the Colonial Marines will be informed and dispatched immediately. And this was dated weeks ago. Is there any record of that, any other rec record of that happening? No, there doesn't seem to be any mention of it again. You don't know if, if the, you don't know if the corporation actually followed through on that, hmm. but you do see a new report coming back about five days later of them finally spotting the downed vessel having located it and that they're staging an expedition to investigate that it's not terribly far from the mines ruiz also in this log uh indicates that the mine is having significant difficulties maintaining itself and that the health of the colonists as well as the as the work that is being done here the mining operations are at risk and support is required. Basically fills out kind of a short list of some of the vital elements that they need for repair and submits an, a formal request. And a reply that was sent back seems to suggest that his request was received and the appropriate people will be contacted to ensure that supplies will be sent to the colony as soon as possible. And then the rest of the email is pressing him on what he is going to do about the downed vessel. The next couple of messages are reports back as to what he found at the vessel. But what's curious is there is his team apparently before fleeing the vessel indicates that they believe something they their their assessment of what was found in the vessel was that something was torn free or broke broke didn't break out but was released. Something was destroyed. Something was released from, from the vessel itself. And it also indicates like findings. It, it makes mention of a, of a briefcase of high interest, but they were not able to grab because they were fleeing for their lives. And the reply they get back from Wayland yutani is essentially an activation of Wayland yutanis priority over retrieving that briefcase. There is a gentle but subtle menace of admonishment in the reply email that, that Ruiz is, receives that suggests Wayland yutani whoever was talking to him, was very unhappy with the fact they left the briefcase behind and was demanding that they go back and retrieve it. And at about that point, Ruiz became defiant and said that the colony was failing And that they needed supplies immediately that Ruiz did have something of interest that they were able to retrieve, but that unless he received aid, he, that he had resorted to draconian, he had resorted to a draconian way of running the colony because of how limited they were on supplies. You start seeing more and more evidence that Ruiz was becoming a little bit more of, I'm doing what I have to do to keep this place alive. The attitude he takes in some of the messages, Martha, that you're reading seem to indicate that he starts becoming very defiant towards whoever he's talking to at Weyland-Yutani. 
and at one point says that if they ever want to see whatever it is he's retrieved, he's demanding help for the colony first. Now, as altruistic as that may sound, as all of you are seeing these logs on the screen, there is a darker side to this. Um, as you start seeing that contact with the pale man starts becoming frequent. And you see mention that there's more than one. And what you what you what you witness is that apparently there was multiple at one point. They would kill one, and then another one would would arise. But there's vague mention of that. But they all seem to say that it stems from whatever broke out of that that one containment unit. And then there is a vague mention of throwing the corpses of dying colonists into the bottom of the mine to distract, to feed the thing, to keep it away from the colony. There's a couple of mentions of sightings of a strange ghost-like creature. They believed somebody, th they believed there was a UPP operative that had arrived on the planet. They ordered the colony into lockdown. There's a lot of unanswered questions, Martha, that don't show up here in the logs. A lot of things that don't add up. A lot of things that aren't explained. The mention of multiple pale men. You guys only ever saw one, and then there was the mutation, but y'all haven't seen or heard of another one. Uh, what's up, Isaac? When in this timeline of events corresponds to when Beacon was activated to go there? So, not long after he threatens the objects that he discovered, making specific mention of the biochemicals that he had recovered from the vessel, Waylon Yutani responds, informing them that they have pulled some rank, they've essentially pulled, called in some favors, and that a, a supply mission was being sent to them immediately. And that they were going to be expected to surrender that agent in a secure casing and return it to the station, to the beacon station as secured cargo. That was the nature of our mission. Can I ask what Martha looks like when she's reading through that? <laughs> like this? Uh, like she's reading a topsy-turvy roller coaster of a story and uh, there's shock, there's disgust, there's uh, anger, there's shock. All of that you see on her face at varying moments of reading through these logs and yeah so Martha is going to um, copy all of that and save it onto her pad okay um, that pad has become saturated with top secret highly classified <laughs> secretive company information as well as UPP top secret highest level information 
like that thing is probably the hottest item right now martha as you finish uploading that thing up you realize how many people would probably literally kill with no remorse to get their hands on the pad that you're holding right now i'm in the room with isaac and bishop right yeah how is the um Oh, yeah, you said comms are back up mm-hmm. in here. Comms are working. Um, wondering if I should try to do this discreetly or just do it. I want to, because, yeah, this, this pad now is the only copy off of this mother system of these files. I want to send them away immediately for safekeeping and also because I have to report. So I'd like um, to send them to my person. Uh, I'll tell you this, Martha, as as a specialist in ComTech, it would be highly dangerous to transmit this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It'd be super dangerous to transmit this. Even encrypted. Over the over the distances that you would have to transmit it, it's you don't know who's gonna get their hands on it. Okay. Or, yeah. All right. Next chance I get, I will send an encrypted message to without, my person. Without rolling, I think Martha would know, especially because you've spent time in the Marines and you know what it's like. Nobody nobody allowed to know operations on an open channel kind of deal. You would, yeah. Your your instinct is the moment you're like, I need to get, unload this. And you're like, Ugh. Yeah, not yet. Yeah. So I'll just send uh, a heavily encrypted message, not, not the data, but okay. a message to my person saying I have updates. Okay, you start accessing the file. When Bishop sees you do this, he goes, I have a feeling I'm not supposed to be seeing that. And uh, he looks away. He looks to the left and starts making himself busy with something else in the console. Martha looks like she's doing something not beacon protocol. But instead, as you see her enter a couple of command codes, you see the Colonial Marines logo coming up as it gives access to a comm network array. Um, I I finished typing this quick message, send it, close that out, and I look up at Isaac and said, "It's okay. I trust you, Isaac. I hope you can trust me too." Um, you can't trust me. I'm Wayland Yutani property. I know. Can they download my brain? What's even more chilling, Isaac, is you can't help but wonder, is there a protocol waiting to activate within you? That is where we're going to go take our break. We'll be back in 10 minutes, everybody. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Uh, welcome back to Beacon. We are going to jump back into the game. Before we do, though, congratulations, Rogan27. You've had a stroke of good luck again. And well done. Well done, indeed. Randomly selected by our little pool there. Uh, do enjoy your new copy of the Colonial Marines Operations Manual. We are going to be having another drawing next week as well. Um, as a quick reminder, next week, next Monday, is going to be our last game of the year for the Streampunks. This is going to be wrapping us out for the Monday night game. 
Um, we do have some other stuff coming up and we'll keep you posted about that, but this will be our last Monday night game. We'll be wrapping up with episode nine of beacon and coming back in the new year to finish off our season. And by then we will definitely have some announcements, uh, for clear skies perseverance. So stay tuned for that. But for now we are going to go ahead and jump back into our session tonight. Um, and Lisa will jump back in and join us here in just a moment. So where we left off was this transmission being sent in an encoded frequency to the colonial Marines. Uh, what is the agenda? Cause as of right now, the colony kind of doesn't have a leadership role and it, well, it doesn't have a leader to fill a leadership role. And right now the, the storm finally dies down after actually, let's see how long the storm. Oh, um, Storm only lasts about another 20 to 26 hours before it finally starts to subside and become just like a big windstorm outside. No rain, just lots of lightning, lots of wind. And when it finally starts to pass, uh, the, it is a relief to see that the supplies that were in the process of being unloaded from the Ilios that got caught in that storm are all secured still, thanks to Jax. Most of them remained inside the containers itself, but uh, the Ilios is going to require some sweeping <laughs> and the inner airlock, which uh, will have to be sought to. Um, it is also important to note, too, that the doctor aboard the Ilios makes a full recovery after having enough time uh, resting inside the med bay. Pretty much passed out when you guys had uh, after you guys had sort of ordered him to bed <laughs> and was not revivified until much much time had passed and the entire incident that a colony had taken place but it's clear that dr catlow is a completely new man he gets an entire like couple of days worth of rest inside of a quiet ship <laughs> that is being regulated with uh clean nice air and everything air else and yeah he he, he slept like a king while everything was happening when he comes back into the colony and starts trying to reassemble his sick bay uh albright joins him and helps him start trying to put things back together and, and get a sick bay up and going the colony needs a lot of work but a lot of cleanup, a lot of work, a lot of replacement, and a lot of closure. A lot of closure. It takes a few days, literally a few days, before Chico starts to speak again. I need to take a pass through the ducts. To that end. Okay. For closure. I need to recover his body. Okay. Um, you do indeed find, after, after a few hours search, you do find inside one of the air ducts the remains of Ethan Tanahashi. Okay. Um, you are able to assess immediately, Isaac, that it's probably best that Shiko never see him in the state that you find him in. Yeah. Um, Bishop helps you t take care of the remains, acquiring the necessary uh, materials in order to place the remains. And... I imagine many of the organics um, 
in more advanced frontier positions have preferences on file. Mm. <sighs> All right. You're also able to, once things begin to calm down here on Paxton's Reach, you're also able to determine that the the head count of the colonists there are just so many conflicting reports over how many there are and you're delighted to discover that there's actually closer to about 400 um once once head count starts happening and people start getting underway and people are reunited with their families and everyone starts taking note you you are very pleased to discover that there is significantly more than you thought there were um in the chaos of the past couple of days. It's also worth noting too, that a majority of the crew of the Elios is ordered to bed by the captain. The past three and a half days have just been nonstop. And the lot of you, with the exception of Isaac, have gotten maybe 30 minutes worth of sleep, which means you've accumulated. You Let me put it this way. You are technically not allowed to lose stress unless you've slept once in a 24-hour period. So uh, the stress points that you would lose will say happen after this is this has taken place. But to get the colony of Paxton's Reach up and going, the crew of the Elios, you all set to work. And you also kind of sample the colonists to get a sense of what it is they want. And largely, not surprisingly, in the opening days of this rebuilding, they don't know what they want. There are some who want to leave. There are some who refuse to leave because they've already invested so much here and they truly believe that they can turn this place into something. There's speculation about the possibility of using some of the equipment that they have now to possibly restart the terraforming reactors. Uh, that are located about 200 miles from the colony and begin to once again try to stabilize the atmosphere. Realistically, that's probably going to take about 10 to 15 years, but you might have a decent planet once that takes place. But it takes roughly two weeks to get Paxton's reach up and going again. So... I'll need to know from the Ilios if y'all have anything you wanted to do in that two-week time. Otherwise, it's two weeks of administering first aid, nursing people back to health, getting things set up, repairs, all of the things that you were trained for when you signed on to Beacon. Finally, the crew of the Ilios is able to go to work repairing and helping these people rebuild their lives You're about 24 hours until a scheduled dust-off. So you'll have time to connect and do whatever you need to do, but it becomes clear to the colonists that the crew of the Ilios will be departing in the next day or so after two weeks spent here. I think at some point Tig does feel uh, the need to talk to uh, Kenneth. (laughs) Okay. Just after, as being partially responsible for uh, encouraging him to be brave real quick for me. Thank you. <laughs> um, especially with how rattled he looked after all of that. And just kind of like a touch base probably in the earlier, 
like bef- in our earlier in the last 24 hours just to see if I can catch him somewhere. You catch Kenneth. Um, Kenneth is, he's definitely gotten quieter in the past couple of weeks. The bluster that you saw vanish during the whole incident with the creature and the incident with Ruiz seems to have changed him. And he is withdrawn a little bit. The militia members, I wouldn't say they disband, but they're certainly not organized anymore. And, and instead of kind of operating as the de facto peacekeepers of the colony, they have started to, they've started to do a lot more heavy lifting on their own. But you also have noted that the colonists are not happy with them. <laughs> when things begin to settle and get back under control, uh, things, there, there are town halls, as it were, where Let's put it this way. At about some point, Albright, in all of his wisdom, decides that the only way to truly clear the air beyond the reinstalling air scrubbers is to get people talking to one another about what they were doing to survive during a very dark chapter in the colony's history. Mm-hmm. The first couple of town halls, as it were, don't go very well. And there are a couple of fights that happen afterwards that Bishop has to break up. But... Gradually. counseling on a massive scale. <laughs> yeah, gradually people start talking. The one person who doesn't participate is Kenneth. Mm. Uh, Kenneth pretty much stays in his quarters when there's a, a big town hall. And we'll say the scene where you're approaching one of his quarters. Now, again, the quarters here are, are very similar to the ones you have on Beacon. Mm-hmm. So they, there's enough space in here for a sofa and, and like a small little casual area, a very tiny kitchen and a showers area where recycled water is sent through. But uh, when you approach his door and, and press the button and sh- slides open and you see him looking up, he's just wearing what looks like work overalls and leather gloves. You can see just from the look on his face that he was, he's just wrapped up a day of uh, essentially what Isaac does for a living, <laughs> which is just helping people out and moving heavy equipment. Uh, he looks at you for a moment and goes, what do you want? Just want to see how you're doing. Hanging in there. What are your plans? Saying goodbye. We're heading out soon. Pick and choose. Lots of questions. He can't pull his eyes away from his hands as he's slowly tugging the leather gloves off of his hands. The fake leather kind of cracks a little bit as he pulls him loose. He pauses for a moment, and you can see he's trying to find his words until finally what comes out as he looks up at you, Tig, and says, How can you be so fucking casual after what we saw? How do you fucking do that? Because I've seen worse, and I have to. I don't know that I can. I don't, I don't know that I can. You don't, you don't have to. You can let it all out and whatever makes sense for you. You can have a little breakdown, cry it out, town hall, go out, put on a, 
rebreather and scream at a storm. That might be fun. I think I want to go home. I think you can do that too. What's at home? Nothing. But it's... Not it's here. not out here. Frontier, I, I knew it was going to be hard. I knew it was going to be hard. I thought I was... I thought I could take it. I thought I can deal with people. I just didn't... I didn't know this was out here. I don't think anybody did. I wouldn't say this was a particularly routine frontier gig. I think you got a, you might have drawn the short straw on that one. We shouldn't be here. Probably not. But hey, I think you're wrong about one thing. I don't think there's nothing back home. I think you've got, I think you've got a future back there, because it sure as hell shouldn't be here. No one will talk to me anymore anyway. That happens when you make bad choices, but you can always learn from them, do better. That's always an option. Sometimes you don't deserve someone's forgiveness. You can just strive to do better in the future. Is that what you came to tell me? No, I came to ask if you were hungry, but this works too. Yeah, I guess I could eat something. Let's eat something. <laughs> and let's figure out how to get you home. How about that? Okay. And she'll uh, hand out to palm off the off his seat. We'll yeah. go, go find some rations. <laughs> okay, yeah, fresh new prefab meals, fresh from Beacon. Colony has been completely resupplied, and in fact, because the grim, morbid math of it is, is because you expected there to be more colonists, they have a surplus of supplies now for the people that are here. Um, there's been a lot of discussion about what to do with the mines. Uh, and the colony seems like they're going to debate that because the mine is what keeps this entire colony viable. Nobody wants to go there. Everybody wants to go there. There are people that are, that are insistent on trekking it out there. Um, a few people trek out there and go into the mine and what they report back is, is that, um, it would probably be best to bury it and start somewhere new. Um, that there are probably other deposits that are, that could be searched for and that that mine needs to be completely buried. The, 
the overview that you hear the conversations with the doctor is, is there's just no way to identify who is who and that at this point it's best the people that return from the mine don't talk they refuse to re to give detail of what they encountered there and it just decided to blow the blow the whole thing bury it um so that's going to be a point of discussion uh mother does inform bishop as well as a few of the higher ranking people such as the doctor as well as uh the the what i will say that the one thing you all notice is the one person that seems to be taking charge even though she has no actual leadership role or jurisdiction to take charge over a white Wayland yutani uh company uh but julie is everyone is turning to her and she is she is giving orders she is decisive and putting people to work um but one by one you you definitely get the sense that despite the horrors that took place here that this colony and all the scrappy colonists that have endured everything that they have they seem pretty determined to make this work especially now that the reset button appears to have been pressed on the facility you guys get it really well repaired and up and running again and bishop is just as tireless as isaac With a 24-hour window, we have that and the wrap-out as everything is being... The empty pallets being reloaded back up onto the Ilios. You guys can notice that Jackson has actually gotten competent at using the power lifter. He's still taking his time. <laughs> Every step is very deliberate, and he always has to readjust... He's probably adding about 30 minutes to the workload every time he picks something up, but it's better than nothing. So, yep. Do you have anything you would all like to do? Just assist till the last minute. Just whatever okay. needs done. I'm just going to keep helping. So in your final few hours, the colony... Uh, right. Yeah, what's up? Yes. Yeah. Um, so I sent a message, mm -hmm. that short message in the admin office. I sent that to you um, privately. Yep, I and see I, it here. That was two weeks ago, so I wanted to know if I have gotten any response. You get oh, then you would have gotten a reply within days. Over over, <laughs> a high priorities channel. Interestingly enough, when you read the Alien Core book, it talks about delay times in transmission. Because much like we're familiar with the other sci-fi worlds we play, they use relays in space to transmit messages over vast distances mostly speaking transmitting messages across distances in the alien universe is a little closer to the way we in IRL would experience the transmission over vast distances you're transmitting that out and maybe in about two years it'll get to where it needs to go that's like the baseline but Wayland yutani and a lot of these corporations have mastered the technology of actually being able to relay information much much faster this is of course a company that has uh along with a lot of the other interstellar companies have learned how to jump and travel faster than light so what it comes down to in all of its glorious capitalistness is really how much access you have to the fastest relays sometimes it'll take two weeks for you to send a message back to earth from the fringes of the frontier and sometimes it can be done in almost real time, depending on how rich you are. 
You get a message back in just a couple of days, Martha, and it's fed through not, it is not transmitted to Paxton's reach. It is transmitted to the Elios directly. Um, Jackson is actually the one that lets you know that an encrypted transmission has been received by the Elios and is waiting for you to review it. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to go back to the Elios and review it. The, it's a text message. It's very brief. It informs you that you are hereby ordered under... It lists a military code that classifies everything that happened here on Paxton's Reach and informs you that um, Beacon is going to be contacted and that you are not to repeat or breathe a word of anything that happened here and that you will be contacted again later. Okay. You're also instructed to ensure that the colonists do not know anything that has happened with regards to this uh, Project Darkstar. Oh, well, <laughs> I know what my response to that is going to be. Um, I will start composing. Well, actually, sorry, we're now two weeks later. But, um, well, yeah, I'll send a response to that and say, copy that. Just be aware that they saw things. We won't tell them any more than what they saw. But they saw things. Uh, the reply that you get within a few days, Martha, is uh, essentially an acknowledgement of the message. Okay. A neutral acknowledgement. Mm. That's terrifying. Okay. Uh, okay, so... Besides those messages, yeah, I'm just going to be helping to clean things up, administer first aid. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, Bishop. Yeah. Bishop hurt, uh, hurt his eye. Oh, the eye. Yeah. I was like, mm -hmm. there was something with Bishop. Um, so yes. Yeah, if you want to make a com tech check. Mm-hmm. So you can repair his left eye. Two, four, six, eight, plus two for tools. And... Oh, I don't have that one stress anymore, right? Yeah, you guys are done with the stress. Oh. Oh, okay. Oh, one. <laughs> one success. Okay, yeah, like, that's oh, no. enough. That's enough to fix. Okay. The, 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 it was real minor damage, but you were able to repair what you see there. Okay. Um, it's, uh, it, it's always fascinating to you when you work on synthetics because they literally can just sit there while you casually work on their eye. And uh, Bishop makes polite conversation as yeah. you fix it. And after a few moments and you do the repair work, um, he thanks you. He says, yes, that's much better. Good. Well, we're going to be shipping off soon. He nods and says, you've saved the colony. I, I suspect mean... they'll probably want to name something after you. Oh, goodness. I, yeah. Like the Beacon Rec Room or something? I doubt they're going to want to name it after Beacon. Probably something a little more personal if I know humans. Hmm. Like what? Maybe they'll name a prefab meal after you. The Martha Plate. Make sure it has bugs. Bug juice is heavily stocked now that everybody is 
receive their supplies. Yeah. I like that. So, um, what's next for you? Are you going to stay here? He considers that for a moment and says, well, this was my task, was to aid the colonists in any way that I can. I actually have the tools to do that now, and it would seem that the hurdles that were standing in my way preventing me from doing my job have been, we'll say, removed one way or the other. Yeah. So yeah. If nothing else, I can work with Mother to really make this place something special for the people that live here. That sounds good. How about you? Well, once we're finished here, I'm sure there'll be another assignment and another place maybe like this that needs our help. Well, it may be some time, but it would be nice if you came back and visited. We were your first stop after all. We have that badge of honor now. Yeah, and we'll have to come back and try those prefab meals that might be named after us. He gives you a small <laughs> smile. It's been a pleasure, Bishop. Thank you, Corporal. It's been a pleasure as well. Thank you for all of your help. My you pleasure. saved a lot of the people of this colony. I'm glad we could help. Hmm. Have you seen Isaac around? Oh, yeah, I'm sure they're around somewhere. Have I seen Isaac around? That's up to you. <laughs> yeah. Sure, yeah. Well, Isaac, where would you be? I'm just outside. Okay. Oh, yeah, let's... I think they're still outside, probably. Okay. Let's head out. Bishop follows you out, then. Follows you out of the, the control room. Um... The administrator's office, you put your mask on. The As you all exit the colony one last time, uh, you see waving to you as you're all leaving the corridor and into the, the airlock, the small window that you can view the inside of the colony. Through it, at the very end of the hall, you see Oz um, giving you guys a short wave. Uh, Oz is standing next to um, Chico, who is also just, she doesn't wave. She just kind of stands there as Oz waves goodbye to the, to the lot of you as the doors close. Um, when the other side opens up, you can see the tarp has been removed from Big Bertha and she's looking much more usable now. Looks like her, she's got a new set of tires. looks like she's been upgraded a little bit. Um, you stride down the ramp and you can see the Ilios uh, is currently, you can see uh, plumes of exhaust emitting from the engines of the Ilios, indicating that Jackson's been warming the engines. Um, moving down the ramp, you can see that the crew, your fellow crew folks are here. Um, Doc is here having a one last conversation with Dustin Catlow, the doctor. But uh, Bishop uh, strides up to you, Isaac, and says, I wanted a chance to say goodbye before you departed. Um, yeah, I'll show up, I guess, maybe 30 seconds after them, then. Um, like, yeah. 
It was a pleasure you, working with you. Thank you for all that you've done for the colony. I was joking with Martha inside that they'll probably name something after all of you. If any of you have a preference, let me know and maybe I can inform their decision. I don't know. I don't prefer bugs. Do you have a preference? Of any kind? Do you have a library? A digital library. He nods and says, I think that's probably doable. Thank you. He extends his hand to you, Isaac. He says, well, good luck. And thank you again. And you. Good luck with the colony. Thank you. Hope to see you again someday. Goodbye, Tig. See you around, Bishop. Stay in one piece next time, okay? He smiles. I'll strive to do so. Doctor. Bye, Bishop. And Albert just gives him a wave. <clears throat> and with that, Bishop turns and starts heading back into the colony. He pauses for a moment <laughs> to just check something on the data pad before he starts heading back inside. But he opens up the airlock and steps back in. And you all have yourselves the pad to yourself. O'Donnell promised. This is true. I didn't catch that. What did you say? Who promised? O'Donnell promised? Ah, uh, yeah. Promised. Yeah, that I didn't know. Pr promised what? I get to fly. Oh. I get to take off. I think this would be a momentous occasion to celebrate as a group. Absolutely. Isaac, right. you notice, um, you know, the general, uh, Martha's with the general vibes of, like, yay, we did something. But out of the corner of her eyes, she's kind of eyeing you, Isaac. And then she looks away. Celebration? <laughs> Is that what we're doing? And then a two-week nap? That sounds actually excellent. For the first time, I think, yeah. And then yeah. start walking up the, up, the, up towards where the, the uh, main deck is. Okay. <sighs> what do I need to do? As you walk into the main deck, you see all of the lights have been switched on as he's flicking these switch after switch after switch, and he's talking to Mother very casually. He says, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, and... Mother, can you give me a weather report, too? Like, do we have a, a launch window? Oh, hey, Isaac. How's it going? I wonder when you were going to show up. We just finished up at the launch pad. All right. I've been looking forward to this for weeks. Presses a couple of buttons, and you all hear this <laughs> underneath the vessel as he starts sealing up the ship and says, All right, let's get this big hunk off the ground. You know, if I do this successfully, technology makes you upset. I'm all right with that. Just give me a pack of cigarettes and I'll go sit in the back and get paid for watching you do my job. I believe Reg would definitely admonish that statement <laughs> about smoking indoors. <laughs> <laughs> and probably out of stress about the fact that we were about to take off again. And then the pilot 
that he already has no confidence in is gonna like yeah else fly. no it's the pilot he has even less confidence <laughs> the pilot's like oh. um all right half a moment because they're actually guess what there actually is a rule set for piloting a takeoff and landing for atmospheric yeah no okay, i'm not cool. kidding there is a and it actually gives you a a consequence reward system for how you do when entering and exiting cool. uh so i'm taking a story point ahead of time I just want to go yes, as we have a, a beautiful send-off to the end of episode eight and all of a sudden there's a fire crash yeah. the whole ship thank you for watching beacon uh so uh the burning ship a shining yeah <laughs> there it is yeah that perfect button okay half a moment here Okay, so let's see here. You drop ship and then every maneuver. Yep. Type. Okay. So yeah. Um. Just I just need you to make a piloting check. Okay. As the engines come online <laughs> and the Elios begins to power up, this great bison just the entire ship begins to hum as the reactor comes online. Uh, at that point. You just see O'Donnell get up from his chair and he steps aside and he says, it's uh, all yours. And you see him slide into the co-pilot seat. The androids don't feel stressed. Nope. 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 Go ahead and make your piloting check. Please. I know this is the, the you know, the worst thing. The exact <laughs> name number of dice as I use on observation rolls. <laughs> is it really? <gasps> <laughs> we have a five and a six. Okay. Spent, you I am. Gets... I'm impressive. I'm impressive. That's my stunt. I'm impressive. Okay, you're impressive. Yes. All right. yes. So this is coming from this. Let's see. Guru Matt, um, Aether Shadow Wraith, Breeks, Leo Ambermain, Durin, four, five, seven. This is going to be a. This is from Reverse Aquamath. Oh, Reverse Aquamath always. In the most significant story moments. Yep. Okay. <sighs> so there is a lurching sensation as the bison just... <laughs> the thrust required to get a ship of this size off the ground is mighty. The blast radius underneath as the engines press against the floor of this planet and push. This great ton the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tons being thrusted up into the air from the sheer power of the reactors as you all begin to gain 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 and slowly begin to gain momentum and o'donnell is just watching you as you're steering and checking the readouts and looking at the horizon watching what mother is gauging and he's just nodding going good good not bad not bad you gotta feel for it just feel the air feel the air with what? Just feel the air, Isaac. Just feel it. Okay? Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Um, all right. What? You continue gaming. This is nothing. Focus on the flying. Not hit anybody in the sky. Just keep going. All right. You break Atmo. There is that thunder that roars around you all as the Ilios pushes through the upper atmosphere and breaks through the cloud cover. 
Anybody glancing outside before the orange haze of being of a superheated hull takes over your vision can see in the briefest of moments the colony of Paxton's Reach far, far down below. A small little spidery complex of like a, a tiny building from this altitude. You think of all of the hundreds of people that are still living down there who have been through all the things they've been through. But you also realize too how tiny they are as you gain more and more altitude. And when you break away from this planet, you can see the world around you exiting the atmosphere. This is Lalande 4825, the system. The planet is HU483, also known as Paxton's Reach. Your first mission is accomplished. And any satisfaction you all feel as you break atmosphere and suddenly enter into that eerie, quiet calm that is the crystal dark sphere of space all around you is the realization of words that echoed in your head the first time you set out from Beacon Station. How many colonies are hurting? How many people out there need help? This was one colony. In Beacon, last you left it, over a month ago, you were all the only operational ship that could help. It's been about one month and two and a half weeks since you all departed from Beacon. Plotting the jump back to Beacon Station, you're looking at at least another month and a, a month and three days in hypersleep. So as soon as you start clearing the system of Lalande, it's going to be about 25, 27 days or so of travel back to Beacon Station. Was it 14 days of hypersleep was the way here? Oh, that's correct. I'm sorry. I actually could not read my writing. It's not a two. It's a one. 24 days of hypersleep. I was like, what? what? It's actually the winds are days. weird on the way so, back. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the problem with actually using uh, pencil <laughs> Uh, it's okay. Uh, I got you. My notes are yeah. deranged. Uh, my notes. I was like, "Yep, nope. That's a f that's a one, not a two. Um, but yeah, you you see that. Uh, yeah, it's about fourteen days. So it'll be after the total. Let's see, twenty eight. So it's been. A, it'll have been a little over uh, about a month and almost three weeks. So almost two months. Round trip from Beacon to Paxton's Reach back to Beacon. The ritual that everyone goes through, everyone getting ready for hypersleep, getting in their PJs and whatnot, or in the case of Paxton, just stripping down to his box of briefs and lighting up a cigarette and pouring his last cup of coffee before he <laughs> lays down, humming a song to himself. He's just in the locker room, uh, the storage area where all of the hypersleep beds are. <clears throat> you know, stimulants before bed is not a great idea. Because I know, I know, I can't help it. It's like my body knows I'm not going to have one for the next two weeks. And the craving, it's uh, its all in my head, I know. You do you? Well, he can do him, but at one point I'm going to take issue with how much you smoke on board this ship. And if I'm captain, I get to tell you when your cigarette breaks are. And you see O'Donnell, like, for the first time since he encountered the Yaucha invisible in the corridor you see this look of horror on his face he goes wait what oh what 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 captain says goes fuck me come on 
takes the cigarette out of his mouth. Tig just snorts as she like Nosferatu's back down into her pot. Hey, uh, Isaac, O'Donnell says to you as he moves over to his sleeping pot and says, I'm just curious, what books are you planning on reading while we're asleep? What are you catching up on? We were on page 56 of The Old Man in the Sea when we left off. I figured I would pick up there. How are you liking that one? Well, we're 56 pages and almost one full thought in. There's a lot there. (sighs) Wow. (laughs) Isaac, that's some really good shade. (laughs) Well, I hope we all dream of old men in seas, I guess, the ocean. I haven't read it. Stuff. The stuff. Martha is gonna make sure that she has all of her tech on her in her sleeping. In the hypersleep chamber. Before. Yeah. Well, no. so you you wouldn't be able to keep that in the hypersleep chamber. Well, she's gonna lock it away. Okay. She didn't. You seal it up into your locker. Yeah, you can seal it away. Put it in your locker, enter an access code. It indicates. Uh, oh, I was shows thinking, the green. Well, either hmm? way. Can I also do a physical lock? You can do a physical lock. It's probably not going to be as amazing as any encryption you could do with your ComTech yeah. check. I'd like to do. Yeah, sure. Go ahead and make a ComTech check, and you can actually put an encryption on that so that. Okay. An impressive encryption that you would be able to access. All right. So that, and then my. One, two, three, four. Four, four successes? Oh my four gosh. successes. Yeah, you encrypt the hell out of that. <laughs> so does that mean it's like a difficulty four check to break? Uh, yeah, essentially. I would, anybody who's trying to break it would have to subtract, I would say, just, just as, just like as a quick rule off, you would need one success minus four dice. Got it. Isaac's like, Guess I'll get the blowtorch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's in the locker room. Damn it, Isaac. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at that point, don't you go for the hinge? <laughs> Poor Leonardo <laughs> da Vinci. Um, all right. Um, I will say, as we are lights outing, I think Tig has, up until this point, the dog tags have been either in pocket or in in shirt, like tucked in shirt. But I think she has them down and, and has been looking forward to the hypersleep because she's been busy for the last month and a half and has mm-hmm. not had to deal with what we've encountered over the last month and a half. She's been busy and now she's like, okay, now I just don't have to have thoughts for two weeks. Um, yeah. But there is this like lull before the actual sleep where she has no tasks and just has to wait to go under. And she just, I think, is just spinning the two tags and kind of has, I don't know, just like a, not quite meditative, but has to sit in everything for a second and just what happened to you if the data is to be believed Gemma is still out there and alive and the dog tags as you press them in front rubbing yours and hers together as you're kind of just just flipping them yeah you know she died you saw her die you said farewell to her before you were shipped out again on the next leg of your tour. You just assumed that her body was taken back to Earth 
where she was buried or cremated as it were. But now you don't know that that actually ever happened. There's some open-ended questions, Tig. Obviously a lot of them. If what you saw was dated correctly, but then when else would she appear on footage like that? She was, you two were inseparable. You were in the same unit. Mm-hmm. There's also yeah. kind of conjuring memory that sends chill up your spine is you can still see the breakage on the necklace where the creature just pulled that off of your neck and analyzed it like it was interested in it before dropping it back to the floor. The name, was it repeating you? Or was it confirming that it did know her? A total mystery. She goes to sleep with it in her fists. And you clutch it to your chest as you close your eyes, just as the canopy starts coming down. The last thing you all hear is a snide remark from O'Donnell, who comments about how you're all going to wake up a little bit richer. It occurs to those of you who are about to go to sleep is that it is true, in fact, that when you return to Beacon, you'll be getting your first paychecks. <laughs> and O'Donnell seems to be looking forward to that just as the canopies start coming down. O'Donnell gives you a like, quick salute, Isaac, before he kind of settles in and you see the system start activating and going online. Mother says, hypersleep stasis chamber activated. Commencing hypersleep in three, two, and you see the interior of the chamber is just kind of fog over for a moment. And one by one, you just see confirmation, ding, 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 going around Albright, Tig, Martha, O'Donnell, each of them entering into hypersleep. Good. I'll go perform all of my checks around the ship. How far out are we? Can we still see the planet from the window? Um, yeah, you can still see the planet. Um, there's uh, a viewing port towards the very back that you might be able to see the planet out. You're okay. making your way all the way down to the decks of the ship towards the back of the Ilios. It's a lonely walk all the way to the very rear of the ship, um, heading down from A deck, then down again to B deck, and then down again to C deck to where you're able to reach the engineering control room. But from there, it's all one more deck down where you reach the cargo areas on deck D. As you move into this large expansive area where it was once stacked almost floor to ceiling with all the crates that you are bringing to Paxton's reach, you can see that there is a small doubled airlocked window. It's not a good view, but it's one that you'll be able to see through a window through a window. A slit about yay wide that you'll be able to look out of. When you move over to it, gazing out of the window, you can see in against the backdrop of the black curtain of night that is space, you can see a single large white shining dot that is the planet you've all just pulled away from, disappearing into the distance as you start making your way out of Lalande 4825. If that ship were there, I probably couldn't even see it through a window like that. So, Helios might be able to detect it on the sensors. Maybe. But I couldn't even detect it in front of me with my sensors. 
Bye, Bishop. I'll go back upstairs now. You make your way through the cargo bay into the main generator area to the lift. The lift takes you up one flight. It's just sort of a cargo lift heading back up to deck C. From deck C, you proceed your way down one of the many corridors of the Ilios, past the landing claw chamber, through the next hangar, into the coolant cylinders, where you climb a ladder. The ladder takes you up to deck D. Then it takes you back up to deck A. You find yourself alone on the bridge, Isaac, with a book. You see Mother initiating the hyper jump in 20 seconds as the course is plotted. Back I'll, to Beacon Station. I'll, I'll look real quick. I'm not, I'm not Martha, but... Hell, why not? Since the thought did occur to me, like a little voice whispered in my head. So you want to take a look? Why not? Like I said, I just, I had the thought. The very foundations of the thing that is a role-playing game is based on why not. So let's do it. <laughs> um, what's, the, what's the state of our super punk points? Let's see. You've spent one, two, Enough. three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You've got three more. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you As can... As O'Donnell might say, smoke them if you've got them. Smoke them if you got them. All right, so we are doing our very first sensors check. So detection, starship sensors have an extreme range of up to eight zones. When two ships enter into each other's range, they will automatically detect each other's presence. If you use space combat, we're not worrying about that. Transponders, it's okay. So, um, so you are going to make a What does the sensor operator make? Declaring the actions, sensor operator actions. It's a comtech check. That makes sense. Yep. So do make I get any any bonus points from mother as like a gear bonus? Uh, yeah. Mother let's go ahead and say mother's assisting you. So we'll give you a one die bonus at assist. Okay. I'll take that. One. So you're using I got somebody... one. And it's not even on her assist for the record. It's on... Okay. It's on my dice. Mother detects the presence of the colony of HU-483 listed on as Paxton's Reach. It detects a couple of celestial anomalies, such as floating space rock and gases that can be detected off in the distance and it detects approaching the solar sphere of leaving the system and nothing else except for great expanse the immeasurable incomprehensible emptiness of the universe around you mother could you tell me if there were any outstanding orders about biospecimens. You see a cursor blinking on the screen and that the words appearing, please specify. Fitting the following description. 
and I'll relay. Okay. Uh, an, uh, an appearance of uh, the Pale Man. The words that appear on the screen note that that does not match any known biological specimen in the database. What about the other one? That does not match the known biological makeup of any specimen known in the database. That wasn't what I asked. Please specify. Could you tell me if you had any outstanding orders relating to biospecimens? Please specify. We'll talk later. I'll get up and leave. And you walk away from the blinking screen. A few moments later, you hear the as the hyper jump engines spin up. There is a humming noise and you feel the sensation of the ionization of the entire ship. And the Ilios jumps to hyperspace as it were. FTL travel is initiated and you guys jump. And that is going to bring a close to tonight's game and wraps up the mission on Paxton's Reach. We did it. We helped people. We did it. And we lived. <laughs> Saved a lot of people. Yeah. A lot, a lot of people. Um, that's going to reset all of your story points. So thank you to everyone who is contributing at the super punk level and higher. Thank you to everyone who contributes at all. Keeping in mind that Games like Beacon and the things that are coming up are all because of the support that we get from Ox Crew and has been ever since uh, our early days uh, when we were uh, sitting in the chairs on the bridge of the USS Sally ride. Thank you so much for everything. Um, we appreciate the hell out of it. Um, we hope you enjoyed this adventure. We will be back next Monday night for the epilogue of this particular journey. Um, and a wrap-up of what took place on Paxton's Reach. A lot of questions that may or may not be answered. Um, before we head out, though, I think it's appropriate that we handle some experience points. Yes. So let's do that right now before we jump off, because we actually wrapped a few minutes early, so we can do that. Spending XP. Okay. So, <clears throat> did you participate? Everyone gains one XP. Did you risk or sacrifice something to further your personal agenda? I'm going to say yes on that one. Y'all y'all did some risky shit tonight with the strange invisible intruder. Um, did you risk your life for a buddy or NPC uh, or a buddy PC? That's that's a definite yes for the group. Thank you, Isaac. Um, did you challenge or stand up to your rival PC? That didn't happen. Um, did you make a panic roll? Uh, yeah, there was a panic roll. Yep. You started the game off. Dumb. Thank you, Doc. Uh, did you overcome a dangerous event? Yes. Using violent or nonviolent means. That's a, that's another one. Uh, did you make a significant discovery or revelation? Gee, I don't know. Maybe one or two. I'll say yes. Did you perform significant some... though? Eh. <laughs> Man, y'all are this is. References and like. Did you perform an extraordinary action of some kind? Uh, I would say you wrapped up the chapter. So yes. 
And the last one, which is specifically tailored towards uh, the trucker style play in Alien, did you earn any money? Yes, you did. Yes, y'all are getting paid when you get back to Beacon. That's a lot of XP. You're for, yeah, y'all got a y'all pretty much got yes on every question except one. Uh -huh. Oh wow! So how many is that? Eight. Uh, yeah, eight points. That is a hefty load of XP for this game. Holy moly! Good game, y'all. <sighs> you saved the people of Paxton's Reach. <sighs> and more importantly, I I just gotta say for the record, really, really. I, 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 when it comes, even when it comes to situations like that, I leave it to the dice rolls and I'm, I was seriously nervous for everybody and <laughs> that got a little close. Could have been bad. Could have been bad. I would, the, the two bad. moments, the two moments I was waiting Dog for down. were, I, I was, I, the, the, the two moments that I was like, oh God, here we go is, is Martha aiming her gun and Tig going for the syringes. I'm like, here we go. It's going down. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna need to commission new artwork. <laughs> I was I was seriously worried for everybody. I was just worried for everyone. That was dangerous. Uh, oh, a little bit. I thought we were just chilling. A little bit. Yeah, we were just chilling. A little bit. We were just chilling and playing with some laser toys. Yeah. Um. So anyway. Game that's going to wrap us y'all thank you so much for joining us tonight uh we really appreciate it as i've said before we will see you next monday hopefully we'll have our full cast back and uh and uh, then noir can enjoy all this juicy xp that he got for uh yeah. sleeping it off yeah. um, we will see you then my friends until then sleep well <laughs>